0: Exclusive interviews with the guys on the field. High point, obviously, you know, whenever you've been on a team that's won a Super Bowl. Once I, once I rolled out left, I saw a guy come, and I was like, all right, <laughs> it's time to go. Yeah, I got to block this dude. The, the best of the best around the league, and just to be around those guys and see what it's like to be an elite player, man, it was definitely eye-opening. Greg Matzik goes one-on-one with your favorite Packer players. Welcome in to another Packers one-on-one. I'm Greg Matzik, and over the next hour, we'll talk to the voice of the Packers, Wayne Larvey. We'll also get to know Packers offensive lineman Lane Taylor. Undrafted in 2013, Taylor now in his second full season as a starter on the Packers offensive line. We start with how Taylor got his NFL career started and how he ended up in Green Bay. If we would have done this interview a couple of weeks ago, I would have said offensive guard, Lane Taylor. Now I kind of feel like I need to say offensive lineman, Lane Taylor, because they get a little tackle experience under your belt. What was that like, Lane, going into a a primetime game, a short week, knowing that you may have to play out of position? When did you find out you were going to be a left tackle against Chicago? I actually found out um, Tuesday morning. Uh, Coach called me in the morning and told me, you know, we need you to play left tackle. So, yeah, I just kind of bought all in when he told me. I was like, didn't matter. You know, I didn't play it in my life before, but I just bought all in. me a ten. Tips as I could and just went out there and played. So, and then never even a practice rep in high school, junior football like that? that was totally foreign to you. Nothing. I've always played guard. I've actually always played right guard. I don't know how it is. You know, peewee, junior high, high school. <laughs> I've always played right guard my whole life, and um, and it was just kind of a whirlwind. once he told me, yeah, pretty amazing stuff though, right? Did you go back and look at tape and, and think to myself, man, eh, all right? Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah, I was kind of I was kind of <laughs> shocked. Yeah, I didn't expect to play as well as I did. Um, yeah, I'd be honest. I didn't even know how to get in the tackle stand? <laughs> we were we were watching film, and uh, the Bears played the Steelers the week before. We were watching that film, and I saw their left tackle stand. I was like, "Sure, looks good." <laughs> so I just did his stand and went out there. Well, you got nobody to your left side either. Right? Yeah, I you're used to having somebody over there and you can kind of bounce in between and, and the communication is you're used to hearing a voice in a certain yeah. spot on the field, and that just it, it was pretty amazing to watch. Yeah, it was it was fun. It was exciting afterwards to. Win that game went the way we did and to do with four guards and a center out there well i want to go back to september of 2016 Uh, a lot of fans maybe some people listening here were walking into lambeau field they were ready to watch the badgers play lsu it was cut down day and a lot of folks started looking at twitter and the news broke that josh Sitton was released what goes through your mind on a day like that um. Yeah, it was obviously unexpected, and no one really expected him to be released, but he just kind of missed the business, and it happened, and and I figured I'd probably be the next man up to go in there, and so I know I had a big challenge ahead of me. I had to prove it to uh, the coaches, the fans, and even myself that I could be a, a reliable player from week in week, week out. Was there a conversation that day with a position coach or anybody, or was it, it was it just kind of glossed over and dead? Chart was created, and here we go. Or, or was somebody there to say, "Look, man, this is the opportunity now you've been looking for." Yeah, you, yeah, you would think you know, someone would call me before they made this move or whatnot, but that, you know, no one called me. No one said anything. Just came into work like I do every every day, and they were just like, you know, this is how we're going to line up, and we went about business. Well, I mean, you proved to be a very durable player, and, uh, and and you earned yourself a contract going from undrafted mm-hmm. to now you've uh, you signed two contracts now with the yeah. Packers. Uh, the recent extension is. Something you have to be proud of here. I am. I'm very excited. I'm excited for myself. Excited for my family. Uh, I Have good stability. Yeah, you say the past about four years or so. You know, being an undrafted free agent coming in, you don't know if you're gonna make the team next year. You don't know if you're gonna make the team, and you're always kind of on the pens, you know, on the edge of your seat because you just never know. Being a being a free agent, and then sign my two year deal was good. And but this last one was great to stick around here for a long time hopefully win a championship. Did you expect to be drafted in 2013 coming out of Oklahoma State? I did. I did. I felt like I had good tape. I felt like I played well um, for whatever reason. I didn't get drafted. But uh, it's probably a blessing in the end game because I ended up being able to choose Green Bay and obviously a good fit. Yeah, well, it seems like at that time, 2013, obviously the tackle positions were considered the big money positions on the offensive line. But it seems to me in, in the last couple of years... Those guard positions have become even more important because the big boys on the other side are now really doing a lot of damage from the yeah. interior as much as they are the exterior. So, uh, and I think with that, guards are just they're, they're being treated with a little bit maybe more respect. And I think coming out of the draft, we might see that. Do you see it the same way? Is is that guard position now maybe more important in the NFL than it ever has been? I think so, just because the the evolution of the game, um, the guys on the other side of the ball are getting more and more athletic. Uh, I, I doubt, you know. Twenty years ago, you saw a three hundred and twenty pound guy that had twitch and get off the pass rush, but now you have big guys that can move and um, some guys that are transitioning from D end to D tackle, Uh, and um, so I think you know it's just part of the game. The game's evolving, so everyone across the line has to be good now. You grew up in Texas. Fair to say, you were a Cowboys fan growing up. (laughs) Unfortunately, I was I was was forced to be a Cowboy fan. Yeah. So uh, well, you've had opportunities to go back there. I guess go back home and some some pretty high quality wins of course Super Bowl was played there as well uh, pretty magical time but you didn't play college ball in the state of Texas what happened there? Um, no one was interested in me. Uh, no one wanted to guard. No, <laughs> no uh, I think my only Texas offer was UTEP, I believe. I don't. I don't think they officially offered me because they kind of figured I wouldn't go there. But because um, it was kind of later in the recruiting process. But um, but yeah, I think it was. It was about. I think they were about the only Texas team that recruited me. You know, and you know, I'm never said anything. Tech, Texas, TCU. And you know, TCU told me. Uh, I i we're not going to recruit you at all pretty much <laughs> so did you reach out to them yeah I reached out uh, I was actually on a unofficial visit to Kansas in Oklahoma State and, and my dad told me hey give them a call see what they think and I gave them a call and pretty much they said yeah we're not recruiting you well, and so did you send them a tape I mean how did they even know you call and say hi how does the conversation go who did you get through to <laughs> alright I won't lie it was a little awkward because it was just like hey I'm this guy <laughs> but you know I just called them and whatnot, but then and he just pretty much told me, he's like, Yeah, we're only recruiting one office lineman this year. And, you know, yeah, that's about it. So and I was just like, Okay. So, but, I, yeah, I'm glad I went home to Alma State. It, it was a good program. Um, uh, you know, I got good friends, met my wife there, and um, had a great experience. And, you know, I'm glad I went there. SMU, North Texas. they No, no one can call, huh? nah, No one wanted me. Actually, North Texas, I think. I think so. North Texas, history, I think it did. Coming up next. On the other hand, that's what kind of motiv- motivated me the whole time. Um, just having that as your background, having that as your motivation to to push, work harder, and and it just makes it success so sweet. A Texas native ends up playing college ball in Oklahoma. Now, more of Packers one-on-one with Greg Matzik. And welcome back to the program. Packers one-on-one continues. I'm Greg Matzik. My exclusive conversation with Packers offensive lineman Lane Taylor continues. Texas native, he ended up playing college football in Oklahoma, and now he has three kids. If you hit the fast-forward button, life is very busy for Lane Taylor. Well, he ended up at Oklahoma State. Big, big program. Uh, if I remember right, I pretty high powered offenses back around that time too. Big 12 was known for some offense and the defense seemed optional. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) depending on the day. (laughs) (laughs) Depending on the day. Uh, Well, I I did a little digging here. So I did a little digging and I found out that according to ESPN, their top 100, this goes back to now when you were a high school senior, Mm -hmm. you were the 88th rated offensive guard in the 2008 recruiting class. Mm. Do you know who was number one and who was number two? No, I have no idea. If I said Khalid Holmes or David Snow, would those names ring a bell to you at all? No. Khalid Holmes went to USC. He was drafted in the fourth round. He's currently a free agent. He's looking for work. David Snow was an undrafted rookie free agent signed by the Bills. He's now a free agent. He went to Texas. But now he's a free agent. He's looking for work. What I can tell, you're recruiting, the letters, they weren't piling up in your room. You were undrafted. High school scouting, for whatever that's worth, had you a little bit lower than some of your peers. And here you are, standing tall, having signed a three-year contract extension with the Packers, a team that will have Super Bowl aspirations this year. You've always kind of just proved the doubters wrong, is what I can tell. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. It's always been like that my whole career. Kind of, I've always felt like there's been more doubters than, you know, supporters. Just being, you know, 88th ranked guard, apparently, <laughs> coming out of high school. I don't even know what that means. You know what I mean? Like just. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I just, and I was like a, I was a two star, two star recruit, um, you know, undrafted, and, but that's what. You know, on the other hand, that's what kind of motiv- motivated me the whole time, um, just having that as your background, having that as your motivation to. To push, work harder, and, and it just makes it a success so sweet. You, you said you meant your wife at Oklahoma State, huh? Um, how tricky was it to? to go through this process, the undrafted process. We got to go to Green Bay for a little bit. I, I don't know if it's going to work out, but we got to try. Mm. How does that work? I mean that that can't be easy just to not have stable footing when you're trying to get your career started. Yeah, yes, yeah, it was tough on us, but yeah, she she supported me 100% all the time. Uh, she didn't care you know, if I put in extra work or whatever it was. She always supported me. I couldn't do it without her. And yeah, and when I, when we moved up here, we moved up here when I was a free agent cuz she was pregnant with our first daughter, and uh, we were kind of like, hey, this is all or nothing, you know. So we came up here. We had uh, my daughter the first preseason game, like two a day before our first preseason game. Okay. And, um, and you were on the field, that preseason game? Uh, no, it happened like a pr- the practice before, like right after practice. Okay. She went into labor, and it was like... 20 hours of labor oh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it really, like 20 hours of labor finally had a kid and then that day later that day I went we did our walkthrough stuff came home and then got me a little nap and went out there and played <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. yeah All right. So your daughter is about four, then. Yeah. Okay. But you have do you have two more kids? I do have you two. Total. Yes. So uh, what's uh, the age range here? Uh, Sixteen months and three months, three or four months. So are you working harder at home or here at the facility? Yeah, it's a full time gig. You know, from the time I wake up to the time I go to sleep. <laughs> uh, boys, girl. What's the mix? Boy, girl, girl, boy, girl, girl, boy, and girl. Yeah. A little ganging up on the boy then. Pretty yeah. Silly. no, poor guy. He's uh, he's sandwiched right between two girls, but uh, I he's. he's He's a big guy, so I think it'll be all right. How has that changed you? Your, your thought process, having kids. That your uh, thought process, how you go about your routine on a daily basis. How has having kids changed you? Uh, I think it makes you more mature. Obviously, you have, the more more kids you have, the more responsibility you have. So uh, you tend to be a little more mature about your decisions and and the things that you do and and. And also, you know, with, with work, because, you know, you know, this I have to provide. Like, I have to go to work. I have to bring my all. I can't slack and get cut and be on the street and not make any money for my family. I have to provide. So it just really motivates you to, to do well. And you start thinking about life insurance and, you know, yeah. who's crossing the street. And, you got to hold hands and all that kind of stuff. It's yeah. different, man, isn't it? It definitely is. It's definitely different. Coming up next, what's it like in the huddle with Aaron Rodgers? Once I once I rolled out of left, I saw a guy coming I was like, all right. (laughs) It's time to go. Yeah, i got to block this dude. We'll also hear from the voice of the Packers, Wayne Larvey, more of Packers 1-on-1 after this on WTMJ. You're listening to Packers 1-on-1 with Greg Matzik. And welcome back to the program. Packers 1-on-1 continues. I'm Greg Matzik. Wayne Larvey stops by tonight. Back to the conversation with Packers offensive lineman, Lane Taylor, who is in the huddle. Play in and play out on the offensive side of the football with Aaron Rodgers. What's that all about? I, I want to go back to a, a play last year, um, this the playoff game in Dallas. Prior to Mason Crosby nailing his field goal, which he actually hit twice, but that's a different story. Um, I, I, we read the reports, uh, talking to guys in the locker room afterward, it seemed like the the, the pass from Aaron to Jared Cook was kind of drawn up in the sand, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Can you take me in the huddle? Can you can you can you take me in the huddle when you guys are lining up? You're out of breath. You know, the time is running out. What's the conversation? What, what's happening there? How is everything set from protection to routes? What what, what is Aaron doing in that huddle? Uh, you know he. Was he was, he was kind of drawing it up in the sand, but the, to tell you the truth, it was nothing big for us. We, we're, we're kind of used to Aaron doing that because sometimes he does that during the season. He just you know, he, see, he sees things out there, he sees how the defense is playing and he'll kind of adjust things as he sees. He wants this route to do this and that, and then um, you know we were able to you know roll out their left and. Um, once I once I rolled out of left, I saw the guy come and I was like, all right, <laughs> it's time to go. Yeah, I got to block this dude, and uh, you know, blocked him long enough. Made sure not to go downfield. I was terrified I was going to be downfield, but uh, made the block. Cook made an awesome catch, awesome throw, and uh, you know, set up the game winner. So it was definitely one of one of the better, you know, one of the highlights of you know, I think I'll always remember. So is there even a play called at that point, or is it just a? I'm going to go left. Here's what I need you guys to do. Yeah, it's just kind of like let's do what we can do, and you know, because I mean, there's a few shucky yards we had to get in in no time, so just kind of draw it up in the sand, ready break, let's go. It's pretty crazy stuff, isn't it? Yeah, to watch it on film, that's (laughs) fun on film. It it is fun, it is fun, but you you can't, you you, I believe you can't do it well if you don't have the quarterback back there, and Aaron has done some special things, and he was able to draw it up perfect, man. Uh, when you said you were a free agent, you got to choose Green Bay. Um, did you decide, or were, were there a handful of different teams that you and your agent were talking about going to visit? And there were. Might make sense. I think there was like maybe like three, maybe four, but the two like right off the bat, right off the draft were Cincinnati and Green Bay, and my agent was just like, hey, you know, if you go to Green Bay. You know, it'll look good on your resume. You know, hopefully, you know, you can make the team or make the practice squad. And, but at least if you go to Green Bay, it looks good on your resume. And, you know, the rest of the history. Why is that? That's interesting, that, that it looks good on your resume. It yeah. seems like if you're anywhere in the NFL, it probably looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. It's, I think it's just uh, – they come from a championship organization and they have a good reputation of recruiting good players finding that diamond in the rough and finding quality players and I think other people kind of you know, keep track of who they're looking at. I, I was going to ask you what you like doing when you're when you're not around football but being the dad I kind of know what that's all about so uh, you got to put it on the table here for me. Well, what's your least favorite daddy duty? You, you feel like you get stuck with it every time. <laughs> every night he kind of just gets stuck with it um I would probably say uh, the, the the diapers, man. They, they can they can wear on you. You'd be like, I can't wait for one day all these kids are out of diapers. <laughs> I can a stop paying for diapers and two I can stop changing them. So uh, once that day comes, I'll be pretty excited. Well, so you got one who's got to be pretty close to being done, right? If not, our yeah, mom. my my oldest, she, she's potty trained, she's out, and then my boy, he's only sixteen months, so he's probably another year. So all right, can we can we talk potty training tips? Yeah, I got one who's about to turn three, and she's just not interested. <laughs> She knows exactly what has to happen. She's just not interested. You know, is exactly how my oldest was. She didn't even care until one day. She was like, I'll go to the bathroom. And then she just started going. Um, she she had nothing to do with it before. We tried to give her candy, give her ice cream, whatever it was. She wouldn't <laughs> not care at all. So, uh, But just let them do their thing. They'll do it when they're ready. You having fun in Green Bay? I mean, this seems like a, it, not only has it turned out well for mm-hmm. you here, but it just it, it seems like this is a good, a good home for you and the family, right? A great place to raise kids. Yeah, it's a real good place. It's, it's safer than other big cities where other teams are at. Um, a little slower pace, but it, it's actually fine. Because sometimes you know you're like, oh man, you know, Green Bay was small. But then you go to other cities, you're like, it is so busy. You know, other, other guys at other uh, facilities, they take it takes some thirty minutes to get to work, and it's like, well, I'm i gonna work in ten minutes, so you can't beat that. And, and it's a good place to raise your kids. It's nice and safe, and you don't have to worry about too much. So what. It's not football or daddy duty. What, what do you do to get away? A little free time alone? Um, if, I'm doing, if I'm doing a little free time, I'm a car guy. I okay. like to work on my car. I'm, a, I'm currently restoring the Sim2 Chevelle. It's my, it's my baby. I've had it since high school. So, uh, kind of doing it the way I want to do it. I painted black this past off season. New motor, new everything. So, uh, I like to get out there when I can. Is that in Texas right now? No, it's here. You have it up here? right in my garage. No. Okay. So, what are you doing to it? I mean, there's a lot of work under the hood that you need to get. Uh, where you want it. You know, I had it painted last off-season, and then this summer I got the motor transmission, rear end, drive shaft, brakes all on. I just kind of need to do interior and, and wire up the car. But it's functional. Can you, is it on the road? It'll start. It? It'll Get start. It? It. I don't have the brakes all the way done, but I got pretty much all of it together. But I uh, just kind of need interior, electrical work, and uh, a touch of the brakes, and it'll be ready to go. See, now, yeah, that's a, you can keep that car now, too, right? Because it's got oh, room for, sure. for the family. Oh, for sure. I got no ice cream yeah, yeah, yeah. I can I throw the kids at the back and the wife up front and then we'll be good. We'll be uh, rolling. But uh, hopefully I can get it going next summer, go to some car shows. Have some good time. That's good stuff, man. Lane, appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks so much. Alright, that's Packers offensive lineman Lane Taylor. If you missed any of that interview, make sure to check it out online at WTMJ.com. Coming up next, we're joined by the voice of the Packers, Wayne Larvey, on Packers One-on-One. This is Packers One-on-One with Greg Matzik. Welcome back. Packers One-on-One continues. I'm Greg Matzik. Hope you appreciated our conversation with Packers offensive lineman Lane Taylor. We now welcome in the voice of the Green Bay Packers. It's Wayne Larravee. Hey, Wayne. Hi, Greg. How you doing? I'm doing well. Boy, you start talking about early unsung heroes in a given season. Hard not to mention Lane Taylor's name. What he's been able to do starting at left tackle the last couple of games, a position he has never played at any level before. It's pretty remarkable stuff how the Packers are getting things done.
1: Yeah, certainly uh, they're getting by with that offensive line arrangement they've had. And, um, you know, it's a credit to the guys. Uh, you know, Lane Taylor has become a real solid offensive lineman. I remember when he was a rookie free agent, nobody knew him, and James Campen, uh took me aside and said, you know, watch this Lane Taylor guy. I think he's going to be something someday. And, you know, someday is today. So, He's become a, a real solid player, a staple on that offensive line.
0: You know, and I remember how much we were scratching our heads when Josh Sitton was released a couple of Septembers ago, and uh, we didn't really know a lot about Lane Taylor. At least the fans didn't. I'm not sure how much you did. It seemed like a head-scratching move at the time, but but obviously Ted Thompson knew that he had something developing here.
1: Yeah, I think so, and I, I think that you know, it, it came down to a matter of where, where they were going to put their money, where their priorities were. and. Um, they were going to pay so much for a guard and, um, Josh had been, um, you know, one of the top guards in the game. But, you know, the best, the Packers had seen the best that Josh Sitton was going to present. And so it became one of those situations where, like with Greg Jennings years ago and other players that, um, the front office made the decision that, listen, we know he's still a very good player, but we know we've seen the best he'll ever play and we can't pay him more than we've ever paid him for a performance that's not at that level.
0: Just collectively, though, this group that has been on the field the last few weeks uh, with the injuries of Brian Belaga and David Bocciari, what are you noticing, Wayne, here? Do the Packers maybe have more depth than we thought uh, during the preseason?
1: I don't know, Greg. It's hard to really figure that because I thought the four guards in the center played well against the Bears. The uh, McCarthy did a great job of getting them into a rhythm by calling running plays early and often in that game, and he allowed them to work downfield. I mean, pass blocking is the most difficult thing, especially on the edge, but he allowed that group to kind of get a rhythm going, um, going straight at the Bears. Um, you know, Dallas was a little bit different story. They they did have Brian Belaga back. That certainly helped, but, um, you know, Dallas has some interesting people in that front line that they were able to get through, especially in that first half. Um, so I think... I don't know if they have more depth than we thought they did. I think they uh, are developing more depth than what they had before. Let me put it that way.
0: Well, you're going to face a hostile environment here coming up in Minnesota against the Vikings. Loud Stadium, a hard-charging defense. It's not exactly the Dallas Cowboy defense. I had thought, and maybe it was just a hopeful thought, Wayne, that David Bocciari was going to play against Dallas. Uh, I am again hopeful that he will play against the Minnesota Vikings. A little bit different of an animal when you talk about that venue and what the Minnesota Vikings bring to the table.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, defensively, they're a whole lot better than Dallas in all three levels of their defense, especially Dallas without John Lee. That was a great break for the Packers. Um, But this Minnesota defense is legit. The thing is, the Packers know it well. Uh, They know it's a Mike Zimmer-type style defense. They know how it plays and what its tendencies are. Um, And Minnesota does not offer what – Dallas does offensively they they do not offer nearly that dynamic kind of one-two punch with a quarterback and and a great running back that the Dallas Cowboys do that doesn't mean they're not capable offensively uh but this is a little different challenge I think for the Packers this
0: week well and we'll see what uh, the prognosis is on Ty Montgomery but certainly Aaron Jones a guy that we watched and liked during the preseason made the most of his opportunities again Minnesota might have a different defensive front and be a little bit different of an outfit but you can't take away anything from a rookie in his first real test as a starter, and what he was able to do against Dallas.
1: Yeah, no, he showed great instinct, um, natural running instinct uh, that a running back has. Uh, he made cut. He's really got an electric uh, jump cut in the middle of traffic, and uh, I thought he was just outstanding. He made the right reads almost every time, and uh, used his foot uh, quickness to to get upfield and get the edge on the Cowboys time and again in that ball game, So, uh, you know, I've always looked at him as kind of a complimentary guy, and maybe that's what he'll be. But, you know, right now he's the staple of the Packers' run game, and, and he gave them the best day they've had on the ground by far thus far this season.
0: Well, how important is it that when Tom Montgomery does become healthy, Wayne, that you do have another guy you can rotate in? It, it seems like Montgomery's snaps were, were very elevated the first few weeks.
1: They were. Um, he played a huge amount of snaps, I want to say over 80% which is a lot for a running back. And I think they'd like to to rotate, certainly, Jones in there with Montgomery. Um, Jamal Williams didn't get much of a chance in Dallas uh, the other day. But nonetheless, uh, he's a guy they, they like and they feel, uh, I mean, obviously, they trust him. He was the uh, number two running back going into the Cowboys game. But um, I think Aaron Jones is here to stay. They're going to find a role for him getting him on the field. And if you can rotate some running backs in there, you keep them fresh, and you change up, you know, if they have different styles, it presents the defense with a different challenge. And, you know, you, you don't want to be running the same kind of running back out there. So I think these guys have enough um, variance in terms of their style and, and how they go about their business that uh, they'll challenge a the defense in that regard.
0: Coming up next, we'll recap some of the notable plays from the Dallas Cowboys game and that win. We'll also explore the curious case of Demarius Randall after this on Packers One-on-One. This is Packers One-on-One with Greg Matzik. And welcome back. It's Packers One-on-One. Greg Matzik joined by the voice of the Packers, Wayne Larrabee. We'll round out the hour talking Packers football. Green Bay on the road in week six of the NFL season. They'll take on the Vikings in Minnesota. And Wayne, going back to the Dallas game, just kind of putting a bow on this win. Tremendous win. Lots of fun. The energy, the atmosphere in the stadium was was interesting because you had a lot of Packers fans down there, and it was just always loud, and I think that was a fun atmosphere to play in. But I, it, Aaron Rodgers was heroic once again, and if he weren't, we might be talking about missed extra points, going for two, and a nearly nine-minute drive the Cowboys had to take the lead.
1: Yeah, I mean, the narrative would be much different. Um, you know, in writing for my uh, podcast, I'm going to do a back page on, on how, you know, one of the, along the lines of if you told me Dallas did this, 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 all these things going into the week that the Cowboys had targeted to do, offensively especially, all of them, they hit all of their marks and yet still lost the football game. How did that happen? And the difference is, and, and this is no slight on Dak Prescott, who's an outstanding young talent and was, has played great against the Packers in all three performances. Um, but nothing against him, but he's not Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Nobody else is. And so I think that's, uh, that's a player that you saw literally tilt the field in favor of the Packers on the road.
0: Yeah, and, and I know some people are saying that, Dak, maybe you should have taken a knee at the one-yard line uh, before going in for that winning score. I go back to a play prior to that, Wayne, a fade pattern to Des Bryant in the left corner of the end zone. There's no need to pass the ball at that point. To me, that was a far bigger play in the grand scheme of things.
1: Yeah, you know, I didn't think about it at the time. I mean, I just thought they were trying to get the ball on that fade Des Bryan and beat the coverage and, and get the touchdown. But, um, you know, the one thing that Dak mentioned after the game, and I, I was watching his interview, um, you know, you can't take it for granted. Okay, let's say you get down to the one and you take a knee, all right? Um, that doesn't mean you're going to get in on the next play or the play after that. Um, you know, anything can happen. You know, if you get to the goal line in an NFL game, you better get in. Uh, and if you don't, it it may not happen, and then the next play is not promised to you. Then It's not a given you're going to score a touchdown in that situation.
0: What was your view, Wayne? Did you have a good, clear view of the the touchdown from Rodgers to uh, Devontae Adams?
1: No, it happened exactly in the opposite uh, end of the field from us. Uh, I could barely, uh, you know, I had to wait to see if the official called it a touchdown, because I could not possibly see if he got both feet down and bounds. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm not sure what your setup is uh, at that new stadium. I, I thought it was amazing. Just it was one play incomplete. The very next play, same looking play, complete. They they obviously saw something, and Rodgers talked about it after the game. How Devontae said, "Come on, let's do that one again. Give me a give me a good ball, and I'll come down with it. that." That was great stuff.
1: Yeah, it really was. And you know, the whole drive that Rodgers engineered. He started out with that 14 yard pass to Devontae comes back with a 14-yard pass uh, to Martellus Bennett. All of a sudden, you're in Dallas territory. You've got plenty of time. You have a timeout left. You know, there's an incompletion here or there, but then, you know, you've got a 15-yard run by Jones. Uh, you're at the doorstep now, and, and all of a sudden, it looked really good in that, at that point in time, but it, it was a great drive engineered by Aaron Rodgers, and, you know, it's very similar to what he did last year. The thing about this, here's the deal. The Packers are down by three, but um, all of us knew that they were having trouble. Uh, we didn't understand quite what the trouble was. We figured it was a, you know, the snaps were not quite good on those, those PATs. I know the second one, the snap was not good on it. I didn't see the first one because that happened at the opposite end of the field. But, um, you know, so a field goal wasn't a given like last year. You know what I mean? You could drive into field goal range and set up Mason Crosby and he hit the 51-yard field goal and go to overtime. That was not even close to being a given. I think on the field, the Packers figured we better score a touchdown or or, or we're going to lose this football game. So I think that's where this had a little bit different bent to it than last year's game.
0: Coming up next, we'll wrap things up with the voice of the Packers. Wayne Larrity is after this on Packers 1-on-1. This is Packers One-on-One with Greg Matzik. Welcome back to the program. Greg Matzik along with the voice of the Packers, Wayne Larvey. We continue our Packers discussion. The Packers have a fine record. They're leading the North, Wayne. What do you make of the defense here now five weeks into the season?
1: You know, I don't know what to make of the defense. I mean, I thought in Dallas they played the run pretty hard. Uh, You know, yet officially they only had two tackles behind the line of scrimmage. It seemed like more. Um, you know, in the first half, they were handcuffing, uh, um, Zeke Elliott and, and it was the guy who was beating them was, uh, <laughs> pulling his best Aaron Rodgers was Dak Prescott. He was uh, getting outside the pocket. He was making throws downfield. He was rushing it a little bit. But, you know, you look at the first half of that ball game and Zeke Elliott's got 14 carries, 30 yards. But you could, you could see what the Cowboys were doing and you knew what they were doing, the residual impact of it just investing, investing, investing in the ground game. They were trying to wear down the Green Bay defense. I know the Packers actually played the run pretty well, but you look at the numbers in the end, in the second half, Elliott got on track, and, and in the end, the Packers give up 163 yards rushing to the Cowboys. Well, and um, that, you know.
0: And, and they had the turnover, I guess, and that was that was ultimately, I think, the swing in this game, and it was, call it a gift if you want. Uh, the Packers were in position to make a play on it. Demarius Randle getting into the end zone for a touchdown. You know, And I was happy to see that for Demarius after a, just a bizarre incident uh, during that Chicago game. He's he talking about growing up and becoming a, more of a leader and things like that, and then he scores a touchdown and throws the ball at Dak Prescott and then denies doing it in the press com- conference afterwards. I don't know what to make of yeah. this guy, Dem- Demarius Randall. Wayne, I, I want to believe that he can come back from an injury and, and, and be that first-round talent, but I, I still see a guy who's lost in space who occasionally flashes.
1: Yeah. Um, that's, that's what I see. The only thing I wonder about, you know, a lot of guys have talent to play pro sports in any sport, but there is the final element that determines how successful you are and whether you actually play is, um, makeup. And, you know, so I, I just wonder when I see this about this young player, I wonder about his makeup. Uh, Does he have the makeup to be a pro? Uh, it's different than college. It's different than high school. It's different than, than uh, amateur sports. There's a whole different level to a, a pro athlete in any sport. And I, that's what I wonder about with Damarius, because that was a, a really immature thing he did and penalized the team and gave the Cowboys better field position on the next drive uh, as a result of that kickoff. But nonetheless, uh, he did make the play. I thought he played pretty well for the most part yesterday, and that was a good step forward for him. But uh, that... Yeah. Those bouts of immaturity are what hopefully he'll grow out of.
0: Well, and then to not even acknowledge it when asked about it afterwards is another sign of immaturity. Just own up to the mistake. Say I, I can't do that to my team. I'm glad we got the score, but I got to be better than that. Yeah, whatever. Just say something. But you don't <laughs> don't deny it and say you didn't flip the ball at Dak and say what penalty. It happened. We all watched it. I don't know. I in, in my views is run run really low with this guy. I know. Ha ha. Clinton Dix called him the most talented corner they have, which I thought was a bold statement. And obviously he has talent, but it's just a matter of consistency and and how beat up the Packers secondary is right now with Devon House coming back off injury and Kevin King and the concussion protocol, we assume. You can't just cut ties with a guy. I don't know if it's at that level or not, but you're just just hoping to see a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think you're looking to see a little more consistency out of a kid. Uh, you go back to last year, even early in the season before he got injured, he was lights out one week. He would shut down a top receiver. The next week he'd get it burnt like toast. You know, I mean, back and forth it seemed like. And then he got injured, um, you know, lost his uh, confidence. Uh, he's got talent. There's no doubt. He's got ball skills. and uh, You know, he's got ability that, uh, like a Quentin Rollins doesn't have. Quentin just doesn't have the speed. Um But Demarius has uh, all of the different factors you look for physically in a cornerback. Uh, it's just that he's got to put it together mentally, and I think part of that's the maturity factor we're talking about.
0: Well, nonetheless, a lot of injuries, a lot of issues here, but the Packers are still 4 and 1. They are hopefully getting closer to being whole and back to 100%. Where do you have them in the uh, power pole, Wayne?
1: I got them up to about third, I think, this week. I just kind of threw it together this afternoon. I'll, I'll refine it tonight, but uh, they're kind of up there now. I mean, you know, here they are 4 and 1. Um, you know, you look at them and you say, well,. They don't have this and this and this and and you know, but in the end, they've got Aaron Rodgers, and that makes them a top five team right there. So um, at the moment, and plus, teams are rising and falling fast in this league. It seems like you know Pittsburgh got blasted by Jacksonville at home, and you know what's that all about? And, and is that some is that Brown wearing on his teammate? You know, um, I I don't know what to make of the NFL quite yet. Kansas City's number one. Um, I still think New England's a good team, but flawed. Uh, you know, But the rest of it is kind of up for grabs, and I think the Packers are right in the middle of it. I think Atlanta's really a good team. I don't know what happened to them in, uh, in that Buffalo game. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do coming off their bye.
0: Well, Wayne, we always appreciate the time. Thanks for checking in again, and uh, we will talk to you again down the road.
1: My pleasure, Greg. Take
0: care. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Packers One-on-One. If you missed any of our conversation with Packers offensive lineman Lane Taylor or the voice of the Packers, Wayne Larvey, make sure to check it out online at WTMJ.com. Sports Central is next on 620 WTMJ.